This week's podcast is brought to you by Untuck It. Ever wonder why traditional button-ups look so long and baggy? That's because they were never meant to be worn that way. Untuck It shirts were specifically designed to be worn untucked. Untuck It is the brand you've been looking for. It's the original Untuck shirt, a modern solution to an old problem with no tucking or tailoring required. No matter your size or shape, their shirts are the perfect untucked length. With more than 50 fit combinations, Untuck It shirts look great on tall, short, slim, and athletic guys of all ages. But don't take our word for it. Try Untuck It for yourself. Visit untuckit.com, use promo code BLUEWIRE for 20% off your first order. They even offer free shipping and returns on all orders in the United States. That's U-N-T-U-C-K-I-T.com, use promo code BLUEWIRE for 20% off your first order. Blue Wire. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 19 of That's What B Said. I am your host, Bree Rust at Breezy Cleat, and I am joined by my fellow co-hosts. I've got Brittany Mollis here at Bird's Eye View. Britt, what's going on? Hi, everyone. Happy Super Tuesday. Super Tuesday. Woo! And I'm also joined by Meredith Kane at MK on Sports. Meredith, hello. Hello. I almost forgot that it was... Super Tuesday, because here in Ohio, we don't have primaries until March 17th. Yes, that's true. I thought it was Wednesday. Not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, we we release on Wednesday, but we're recording this. So how, happy Super, Super Wednesday, du- everyone. <laughs> Super duper Tuesday. <laughs> Already starting off strong. Well, we've got a great show for you guys tonight. Um, of course, we're going to bring some heat to kick off the show with some NFL stuff that's been going around Twitter. We've got some Browns chat. The NFL Combine was last week, and we're talking about some Browns needs. We're also going to get into the Indians and opening day and the fact that they actually can't sell out. And we'll hate probably to see it. hate to see <laughs> it. And we're probably going to touch on some Colin Sexton because, you know, why not? See, I actually hate to see it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what else you hate to see? Hmm. Dales. Oh, (laughs) Oh, we're starting off strong. Yep. But for some reason, we just can't get rid of them. They're like ants in the spring. They just come out of the cracks and you can't kill them. So what am I talking about exactly? (sighs) Melissa Jacobs tweeted i believe it was yesterday and she is a founder and managing editor of the footballgirl.com reporting on the female fan base of the nfl and it was a shock to me so i'm going to tell you the stat there are 88 million female fans within the nfl that makes up 47 percent of the fan base Mm. i read that and i actually wasn't that surprised but it made me just think i actually wonder how many Browns fans there are that are of the female kind because I actually think that we probably skew on the higher end so knowing that the NFL is that high where do the Browns fall but also this actually led down a very very dark path as it always does so Brittany I don't know if you want to tell the people what you uncovered through all of this absolutely I would love to (laughs) thank you for this privilege you're welcome (laughs) it's great okay so First things first, um, I saw under your tweets that somebody responded. They said, I would like to see a definition of fan, which <laughs> let me just say, it's, it's insulting on so many levels because men never, ever, ever get questioned on this. It's not like, okay, when a female likes a sport, she has to be the defin- the entire definition of the word 
has to be specified. What does it mean? What all does it incorporate? Is it just, you know, showing up to games on Sunday? Is it talking about them? Is it like all these you different boxes? You only like because they wear tight pants. Oh, yeah. Oh, don't worry. We're going to get into the comments. <laughs> the great or, um, comments. Oh, God. My, my favorite, like, growing up a hockey fan was, I bet you only like them because they're hot. Which, by the way... Of all the professional athletes, hockey players are some of the ugliest. So to, to accuse a woman of being a hockey fan because she finds them hot, like, take a step back. Right. So, like, I I got irritated with this one comment. So then I was like, okay, I'm just going to check to see. Some, somebody had called me out and told me, you know, I, I tweeted it and I said, this is what it's like being a woman on Twitter. And somebody responded and they're like... Well, actually, it's not because you're a woman on Twitter. It's just because you're uh, you're on Twitter. And yeah, I was like, well, okay, actually. please tell me more about my experience as a female woman. Please, sir, tell me how, how my experience is because you're clearly the expert and I'm not. So anyway, so I went under Melissa Jacobs' tweet. And let me read you some of my favorites. Oh, let's, I think you should pick your absolute. Like there's, there's some doozies on here. So I don't know how you're going to pick like your favorite out of all of these. Um, I have a favorite. I don't know, Meredith, if you have a favorite, but it would be interesting to read what we, which ones we appreciated. I have probably like what? 10 to 15 listed yes. on here and these are just 10 to even... 15, but th that's probably yeah. like a fourth of the comments on this thread. Like it was repulsive so i'm just gonna read uh this one um that's almost 180 million breasts <gasps> that was mine because <laughs> i'm like actually my breasts only make like one so you can't count mine as two <laughs> but mine and yours together brie that would be <laughs> that would be a full set <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh god so yeah really um, on we should my, oh god more. my favorite oh my favorite was the um god just because 88 million watch doesn't mean they actually know what's happening now go fetch me a sandwich sweetheart <laughs> yikes yeah. who are you who are you i'm gonna assume yeah. he's not married yeah <laughs> i guess nope and like, can we just talk about uh, like, and I, so I've gotten into way too into cutthroat kitchen lately um, when I need a, a break from from life and I just need to um, binge something stupid. Well, it's not stupid, but just binge something on Netflix or Hulu or whatever. Like every episode of cutthroat kitchen, like three out of the four contestants are always male. So wouldn't you think the men would be the one making the sandwiches? I mean... Like every chef show. I mean, let's be like... clear here. I don't make sandwiches. I don't make anything. So jokes on you. When people are like, get back in the kitchen. Ha ha, sir, I don't cook. <laughs> I, mean, I also yeah. liked the response of the Jimmy G gif. Yes, of course. Or like the hot men, like women it. are watching because of the hot men. And listen, we get a little bit of a pass as Browns fans because we did hire a zaddy. And mm. we fully admit that. But uh -huh. we also were fans of Freddie Kitchen's brown tin. So, like, that's not an excuse. That is not an excuse or a reason. And Jimmy G looks like Uncle Jesse from Full House. So, nope, not going to go there either. Right? Yeah. It's our wild lady parts, ladies. We can't <laughs> yeah. keep them just, under control. Just can't think straight with all that yeah. estrogen. Of course, we can't actually like football. It just has to be about, you know, how hot the quarterback is. 
Yeah, um, I just want to go one week without Dales in my mentions, and that'll never happen. We were all kind of chatting beforehand, and I was getting up, I was getting fired up last week actually after our show. I'll have to get into that a little bit, but Meredith brought up recounting some of our earliest memories of Dales because it it didn't just start when we started filming this podcast. We've been experiencing this almost <laughs> all of our lives. So Meredith, I believe you coined this a new term. Yes, we uh, so our uh, our stories of either our earliest experiences or most aggressive experiences are uh, Dales from the Crypt. <laughs> That'll be like, that's our, I think that might be our new segment every week. I love it. This week on Dales from the Crypt. <laughs> We're going to have content every single week, so <laughs> it never ends. All right, who's going to lead this one of Dales from the Crypt? Is this a it could be present or past, is that correct? Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I'll start. And this is kind of how I I thought of it is. And I don't know why this memory jumped out at me when we were chatting earlier today. But I just remember in elementary school, I had to have been, gosh, maybe second grade. And this was around the time that Cal Ripken Jr. was huge. Like, I remember he had his, his streak of like 2,131 games. And we didn't have the Nationals at the time in D.C., so Baltimore was the next closest city, so a lot of us grew up Orioles fans. And I heard a few guys on the playground talking about an Orioles game, and I jumped in to say something, and they were like, you don't like baseball? And I was like, yes, I do. I love baseball. And this little mini Dale looks me straight in the face and goes, oh, yeah? What does RBI mean? And I looked at him, I was like, (laughs) it runs batted in. And he goes, okay, so maybe you watch baseball. And I'm like, would any other, and of course, like as a, like as a young girl, like I didn't have the wherewithal to come back with anything like that. Like, it just felt like, okay, I'm not allowed to talk about sports because I'm a girl. But like nowadays you look back on that and it's like, if there was another little boy on the playground that just jumped in and said, Hey, I want to, you know, talk about, you know, Cal Ripken's batting average. Like they're not going to be like, Oh yeah, well, what's a whip, you know? Like, (laughs) But they did that to me because I was a girl trying to talk about baseball with boys on the playground. So it's like, it started from a young age. I have two things to address here. So first of all, as far as like the Dales go, I don't have a Dales from the Crypt story. Like because it, they're all so jumbled in my mind now that it's I can't called your pick... mentions, Brittany. Yeah, well, yeah, I am senile, obviously. <laughs> Hello, um, but like it's I can't just pick one. But something recently has happened that I wanted to bring to everyone's attention because it's been brought to mind a few times now. Um, there's this new category of Twitter that the Dales made for I think me specifically. This is. <laughs> the Brownsdales. Um, it's called Woke White Girl Browns Twitter. What? Yes. Yes. Is there like a list? Did you get added to it? You know how you get notifications on Twitter when someone adds you to a list? <laughs> like, do they make a list? Of there's, woke? there's no list for it. You're the captain? I'm, I'm it, apparently. And you know what, guys? I have this. I, I know exactly why I'm Woke White Girl Browns Twitter. Are you ready? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's because I like black quarterbacks. Oh. <sighs> I know. It's one qualification. I know. <laughs> Woke AF because I like Lamar Jackson. Jesus. See, and see, really, they're they're just jealous that you that you called Lamar Jackson from the draft. Like you you had him from the get go. And yeah. it's like there's no way that you can know that because you're a woman. Yeah. Oh wait, Lamar Jackson is actually a good quarterback. Who knew? Oh wait, yeah. me. 
the woke so white girl on yeah. Twitter. Woke white girl Twitter. Whatever. I don't. I, I. I don't even know what it means specifically. I. I don't know if it's because, you know, I talk about like women, because apparently, <laughs> that that now quantifies you as woke if you talk about like women and what it's like to be a woman. God forbid. Um, woke. So yeah. But that's the that's the Dale's new thing. Um, just wanted to make you guys aware of this. Wow, um, I am enlightened. But also, like everyone wants to be mad at us for talking sports and being a woman. But guys, we measured our hands last week, and that we're not. We could actually we have something on these men because our hand <laughs> sizes are actually aligned to men. So yeah, take somebody, that. Somebody and swallow pointed it. out to me that um, one of us said my hand can palm a lot of balls who was that i don't I remember it was saying you. that what was it me Ew. <laughs> i don't remember i don't remember i don't remember it's Jesus. it's a thing called radio amnesia where you go and you either do a radio show or a podcast and literally the minute the record light goes off you forget everything that you said yeah, it's that, it's a uh, real i think thing. it's my dementia actually <laughs> no, no i'm telling you it's a real thing like i've experienced it people that i work with experience it all the time like i can't count how many times and this will like pull back the curtain a little bit on on the radio side of things where i'll have a host um and not here this is at a prior job i would have a host he would tease the the next segment and by the end of the commercial, and they were three-minute commercial breaks, at the end of the commercial, he would stop and be like, wait, what did I tease again? <laughs> it was literally, like, just three minutes ago. So it's a real thing. Like, it happens. Yeah. Well, what about you, Brie? What's my, your, yeah, yeah, my Dale's from the crypt. I'm kind of like Brittany in a sense, where, like, things just get jumbled together, probably more recently, because I actually grew up, um, I, I wanted to be a boy at one point in my life, in my young life, because I love sports so much, and I was a tomboy. I wanted mm-hmm. to cut my hair short, spike it. I hung out with all the boys. I played with all the boys and they were very accepting of me and my, my other friend. So like, I actually had a pretty good experience with actually being one of the, one of the guys and not getting crap for it. So, but I will say like more recently being on Twitter and being out there in a bigger way and talking about sports and enjoying talking about sports with you ladies, we obviously catch a lot of flack for it, unfortunately. And I have a new favorite hobby when it comes to Dale. <laughs> so last week I had tweeted something on Thursday after we recorded the show after the whole Baker Mayfield Tony Grossi thing went down. And I essentially mm-hmm. was just wanting to shed light on I felt like we learned more about Baker Mayfield last week than we did about Tony Grossi. Mm-hmm. And that apparently set off the Dales in this world. Mm-hmm. And I was getting like mean comment after mean comment. And at one point I I was looking at these responses and these comments they had their actual full name attached so now anytime someone sends something mean to me i will actually google you figure out (laughs) who you are what you do what you look like and it is actually incredible and fascinating how many of these people spew insults and have a full name attached like mind-boggling and a lot of them do they have pictures too oh pictures i mean i found this guy on linkedin he was like an svp so like i just want to let you guys know like maybe be a little bit more um incognito because like no you don't work, you work at a bank <laughs> and you're an svp there and you could be my dad and it's embarrassing no embarrassing. be fully out there we want we want to know who you are so we can hunt you down yeah, I should actually go ask him if I can open up a bank account. And be like, oh, yeah, remember should. that time that you told me to get a life outside of the Browns? Like, also like, cool insult, dude. 
<laughs> well, yeah, it's like these like, and, and I I don't like to use the term keyboard warrior, but people are brave yeah. if they don't have to look you straight in the face, um, and even not just like on on online. I've even mentioned this before that people who call into the radio station that I talk to, I have been called some very nasty things mm-hmm. uh, off air over the phone, and it's it's upsetting like i you know if, if you've ever called the radio station and i've hung up on you it's because you deserve it i don't just hang up on people for no reason so yeah yeah i used Wait. to have when i worked at big when i used to write for big play um i only published two pieces and partly because every time i would put something out there this one particular person and i still don't know who it is he would write the absolute nastiest comments and like they were very personal insults about just things that people shouldn't know about me and he Hmm. would you know like highlight like people that i've dated or places that i've worked or like my family just very specific personal things that definitely crossed the line and i'm just like okay like this really isn't worth it anymore. And then even just last night, I had there was a Dale who, of course, hid behind some sort of, you know, Cleveland. I think it was the brownie logo. Typical. Shocker. Either that or it's like the egg, the Twitter yeah. egg. <laughs> yeah. And he tweeted out a picture of my ex-boyfriend who I dated 10 years ago. Weird. Who there's no reason why anyone should know that. But these people... <laughs> And this is what I'm talking about, you know, being a a female on Twitter, especially when you're talking about sports, people get very mean, very personal. um, And there's really there's no reason for it. It's not like you and I and, you know, Meredith, we don't sit on Twitter all day and like bully people. None of this is necessary. And when I have people say, well, it's not because you're a woman. Yes, the hell it is. Of course it is. Yeah. We spend a lot of time talking about the Dales, but we don't acknowledge the really good people out there, both guys and girls alike, because obviously we have our girl gang on Twitter and we love them. And we also have some really good guys out there that are also part of the girl gang. And we named them Andes. So Andes, we see you. The reason that you're Andes is because we were talking. I actually Googled (laughs) nice guy names (laughs) and Andy was at the top of the list. And it's so true. I've never met an Andy that I didn't like. Yeah, this is true. Yeah, and I have, uh, I right now I have two Andys uh, in my professional life, and they are two of the nicest people that I've ever worked with. So, yeah, like I don't think I, like, and it was funny when you brought that up, Bree, because I was thinking about it because I think you had mentioned another name and i was like nope 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 dated an asshole with that name so we're gonna throw that one out but i was thinking and i was like have i ever met a bad andy and the answer is no literally never in my life no he was also the main character in toy story so you know andy yes and nard dog yes most underrated character (laughs) in the office I picture all Andy's being exactly like Andy Bernard. <laughs> but the, I'm talking about the pre... Remember when he went on that cruise and then he turned into like a jerk for a long time? I'm talking pre-Andy. Also, pre-cruise, actually, yeah. after he punched the wall and came back from anger management. So that sweet spot of Andy. That's what I imagine all Andy's to be. Andy. Well, yeah. we love you, Andy. And uh, we're going to actually talk about the Browns and football, even though we're not qualified because we're women. <laughs> 
So here we go. We're going to do it anyway because we don't care. <laughs> so, guys, the latest news coming out of the Browns uh, late last week is it's been reported that Joe Schober, linebacker for the Browns, will become a free agent and be tested on the market. So uh, nerds didn't think he was worth keeping or worth the money. What do you guys think about that? Um, I'm okay with letting him go. Like, you know, I, I've said from the beginning, I'm going to trust this process. I'm going to trust that these smart guys know exactly what they're doing. And if they don't think he's worth the money, you know, don't pay him. Um, I do think it's interesting that some of the people who were okay with Dorsey letting him go in the <laughs> off season are now not okay with Barry doing it. Yeah. That's, that's Shocker. my pet peeve here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I think that probably one of the reasons why they let Joe show walk um, is, I mean, in thinking the, of the like three years that I've been in Cleveland, the only impact season that I can remember him having is this most recent one. And I know he's made it to the Pro Bowl. And mm-hmm. uh, I think for what he could bring in, I don't think that they wanted to pay him for it. But there's also a really deep linebacker class in this year's draft so my thought process is that Andrew Barry is is looking at this and saying okay well we can get a younger linebacker for cheaper either in the draft or maybe he sees something in free agency Mm -hmm. um, and looking at at linebackers that might become free agents this month you know he could be looking at that and saying okay well we want to bring in someone else who's going to be a better value or we think that we can pick someone up in the draft because there's been like two draft thoughts with the Browns number 10 pick one is well the the biggest one is offensive tackle like that's Mm -hmm. what everyone is saying which is definitely huge but we also know that Jock Conklin is going to be a free agent soon and even though I think he's only played right tackle with the Titans you know he has the capability of playing left but then um, Isaiah Simmons is also the number one linebacker love him no way draft right now yeah so that I mean so that was like so I've heard people argue to take Isaiah Simmons if he's available at 10 um, Mm -hmm. because he's one of the top seeded linebackers or he is the top linebacker in the draft right now and then the other school of thought I've heard was it doesn't matter it's a very deep defensive class so go for your go for your tackle at 10 and then find a defensive player with one of your later picks so Mm -hmm. I think that's sort of the the options that that Andrew Barry is looking at. And I think, you know, that's one of the reasons why he's kind of letting Joe Schobert go, which, you know, is sad because he's such a positive person and a great addition to the Browns. But, you know, if, if the juice isn't worth the squeeze, then, you know, hopefully he can find success with another team. Okay, I have some thoughts. Go. Joe mm-hmm. Schobert, I love as a person. I think Mac Wilson is probably going to be devastated oh because gosh, no. they had a major bromance happening yes. last I think season. He, I think he already did. Didn't he like tweet something he like did. end of the bash brothers or something? Oh, yes. He was that actually that hurts me. My, my heart just sunk. Yeah. So I'm sad for Mac Wilson, but I will say Joe Schobert this past year, he had a very productive first half of the season, but it, it felt like as the season went on, especially that back half when the injury started to happen with the defensive line and obviously Miles Garrett being suspended. Like Joe Schobert's productivity just it wasn't there anymore. It's like he can't be the focal point of the defense. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the thing with me is if you're going to pay someone um, a large sum of money, you need them to be an impact player. And I just don't think that he's that type of player. I think he makes tackles when he needs to make tap- tackles. But in terms of stopping 
someone and making those impact plays, turnovers, whatever it may be. He just isn't that player. So I think sad to see him go. Great guy, like I said, but I think he'll be fine. I think we will be fine. And Meredith, you kind of addressed this, but going into the draft process and free agency, the biggest needs for this offseason, the only thing that I feel like I've heard the national media and mostly fans on Twitter talking about is the offensive line. Mm -hmm. And I have a hot take here. Uh Uh-oh. Can't wait. (laughs) Had Greg Robinson not screwed up royally (laughs) selling weed and getting jail time, I actually wouldn't have been a huge proponent of getting an offensive lineman within the first pick. I would have went defense. Because I've talked about it before on the show, and I feel like it was really everything else happening in regards to the offense, it wasn't just the offensive line. Like, they took so much blame last year mm-hmm. on the season going wrong. The quarterback play sucked last year. Mm-hmm. Offensive line sucked last year. We didn't have a great offensive scheme last year. Wide receivers were running the wrong routes. Like, all of these things came to fruition. And mm-hmm. it just makes me think that the offensive line, sure, it had a little bit to do with it. But if you if you would have had Greg Robinson with a Kevin Stefanski wide zone scheme, he probably would have been fine. And those are the things that I'm like, man, if you could just go back and rewind last season and do some things differently, would we really be sitting here saying offensive line, offensive line, offensive line is our only need as we go into the 10th pick? I like this hot take. Yeah, I mean, and it's and it's an interesting thing because I did bring up Jack Conklin um, because he you know, he's been in the NFL for three years now, I believe. And if he's someone that the Browns are able to to pick up in free agency like he could actually be a significant player at left tackle because he's got that NFL experience and I've heard from you know from the interviews and the press conferences when when you hear general managers talk and I mean John Dorsey was the one who kind of said this was that it's really really hard to pick up quality offensive linemen in free agency because if you have someone like a Joe Thomas or yeah. a Taylor Lewan, you're not letting them go. You're mm-hmm. paying them as much money as you need to to keep them. So there's never really a huge amount of offensive linemen or really quality offensive linemen that hit the free agency market. And then when you go the draft route, you know, you've got these kids that are, you know, 21, 22 years old coming straight out of college with no NFL experience. So there's an adjustment period and a learning period for them. So there is... I think there is some merit to your point, Bree, you know, in going defense at number 10 and then maybe looking into picking up Jack Conklin in free agency. And the only reason you have someone of Jack Conklin's caliber available is because the Titans have Taylor Lewan at left tackle. And, you know, Lewan is their version of Joe Thomas. Like he's going to play for the Titans until he can't play anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And might I remind you that in, 2018 like our offensive line was one of the best in the leagues and I know that we had Zeitler on the line at that point in time which made a difference but Greg Robinson at left tackle handed handled himself quite well during that moment in time the 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 things that changed was the coaching staff the scheme and we know that everything else was just pretty much a shit show but I am (laughs) I am I am really concerned about the defense and I'm a pretty positive person you guys know this But I think we have a lot of holes that we need to address and fill. And I think that's probably going to be one of the biggest challenges for Andrew Berry and staff to figure out. 
okay, if we can get the offense right and get Baker Mayfield fixed and everything back up and running again, we also have two wide receivers coming back from an injury. But let's say all those things go clicking. Do we Mm -hmm. have a defense that is a playoff contending defense? I think there's – okay, so like with, you know, free safety – you, you don't know what's going to happen with Randall. Everything was very rocky at the oh. end of last season. and He's gone, know, right? Yeah. Um, strong safety, who they have. The Redwine, uh, Burris, Burnett, I think. Um, Taki Taki is the, in there on the defensive side, too. Yeah, Taki yeah. Taki. He's with Mac Wilson now because Schobert's gone, so linebackers, cornerbacks. TJ Carey been released. Um, also Denzel Ward, but he's always hurt. So you, you kind of start – these things start to – add up real quickly don't they and you look at this and you're like okay like maybe (laughs) maybe we have a little bit more holes to fill than we originally thought we did you know yeah you didn't even mention the the pass rushing with Olivier Vernon like we we still don't know what's going to happen with him like are we going to give him the money and pay him Um, and if you guys recall last year we were pretty much signing people up from the stands to play in those last (laughs) few games on our defensive line because we didn't have enough people Zamboni driver gets signed to a one game contract (laughs) and I think they they have what 60 million in cap space right now yeah we uh we're probably leading the league in that yeah, I'm so, sure we but are. They're going to have to sign some big contracts soon too, though. And I'm sure they they're, are. You know, getting prepared for that, and that probably that's probably a little bit of a reason why um, they let Schobert walk. But I don't know. I'm kind of with you, Bree. Like I, I, the only mock drafts I've seen so far just has the Browns taking offensive tackles. Yeah. You know, down to three guys, um, Worfs, Thomas, and Willis. So I don't I know. Get it. A, a defense. I, like I would love to see them stack up on defense now. Yeah, I mean, I get it. Like, we we definitely need the offensive line needs to be built, and it's a really good draft from an offensive line standpoint. But those guys are never they're never a guarantee either. And it's mm-hmm. just you know, it, to use your first round pick at number ten on something that's so uncertain. It's just man, I I, I feel for Andrew Barry and yeah. the team on like they need to hit on this, and yes. I can't imagine if they don't because. Man, if we think the Dales are bad now, just wait. Oh, wait till his first miss. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Yeah. That's going to be a brutal day. I'm going to have to uh, put on our armor for that one. Prepare for battle. (laughs) I mean, the other weird thing that's been going on, too, and I don't know if it's the time of the year. It's called silly season for a reason, but... Because it's silly. Yeah. Like, (laughs) the OBJ trade rumors, again, are have been circulating i don't know if it's actual trade rumors or if it's just brown's twitter there's like this battle of trade obj and then you have the other side that's like why are people saying that we should be trading obj and it's like one of the most annoying things that i witness on brown's twitter i think this is one of those things where if there's nothing like if baker mayfield's not doing something you know there's no shenanigans (laughs) there's no like cheesecake factory to talk about people will just randomly say you know what? I think they should trade OBJ. <laughs> and like, that's it. And it only takes one person to do this to set all of Brown's Twitter ablaze. So, you know, I think that that's what we're seeing right now. It's kind of slow. There hasn't been a whole lot to talk about in like a week or so, God forbid. <laughs> um, and now these things are starting to pick back up again. But good news, guys. OBJ was involved in a photo shoot for the new Browns <laughs> uni. Oh, man. <laughs> that actually is. Yeah. Like what so- I... <laughs> It's like you have the people saying we should trade OBJ, and then the counter argument to that is, no, he's been shot in the new uniforms. He's safe. Well, that's all it takes. I just dropped my mic because I'm laughing so hard. (laughs) 
but like well so i think a lot of uh, i think a lot of the people who want to trade obj i think a lot of it comes from this idea that he never quote unquote got cleveland like oh he's hollywood he wants to be in new york he wants to be in la he goes to fashion week like oh, I love and i think fashion week you know and i <laughs> and i think that's where a lot of people like he's not he's not cleveland because he goes to fashion week and oh, it's just like basically a woman yeah. right like that's what people would call him like is he even a football player because he goes to fashion week you know and so it's it's one of those things where it's like you know what guys like just because you know he's not the quote-unquote blue collar guy doesn't mean that he's not a fit for the cleveland browns and i think that that's a dumb reason to want to trade him and i just i guess i don't obj makes it all about him and like okay sometimes he does but that's just the wide receiver room like wide receivers are divas that's pr- a mm-hmm. pretty well-known fact so sure. you know if you want a top talent wide receiver which we do we all have, did a year ago hello yeah you just have to you have to take the good with the bad you have to take the talent with the fashion week okay yeah no with browns fans i feel like you know ever since we got obj it's kind of like you know if you're dating someone who's maybe a little bit out of your league and instead of like loving them and providing all kinds of reasons for them to stay with you, you're just mentally preparing for the moment when they realize they can do better and leave you. So you unintentionally like grow distant and, and push them away because you're sabotaging your own happiness. That's what Browns fans do with Odell Beckham Jr. They have been this whole year. Every time he does it, they're like, well, got to get rid of him because <laughs> he's going to leave us. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I don't, I don't even want to call them Dales because I don't even know if they are. I don't know if they qualify. They're just... Scared <laughs> they're Sam's. Just a, That's what they are. They're a group of nervous. fans Actually, well, who just, I, oh, God, we, we're going to lose them. Well, like, I, okay, well, then just trade them, I guess. I don't know. You are you have a, a generational talent here, and you're just like, <laughs> but he's going to leave us for a bigger city because you know, he's, a, he's a real fancy man. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know what to say to these people. Like, we're not going to trade Odell Beckham Jr. If they did, it would be a mistake. I think... You know, Freddie Kitchens is gone. The offense is going to be different. I believe in Kevin Stefanski's ability to to involve him in the offense now in a way that makes sense, in a way that he fits, that Freddie Kitchens could never do. Um, so, like, just let him let him be Odell Beckham Jr. on uh, with the Browns. That's it. It's very simple. We don't have to complicate this and worry about him leaving for a, a bigger market because he's so fancy. Like, just relax a little. And also, I've seen some of the national media kind of stoke those flames a little bit where, well, they'll come out and they'll say, um, you know, OBJ may be in Cleveland next year. OBJ will be in OBJ won't be like they do that. And I think it's Mm -hmm. also I think it's a little bit of of a slow news week of a slow news cycle. And I think because Browns fans are so passionate and just so involved and so interactive I think sometimes the national media knows that. Trust me, they they Mm -hmm. know that about Browns fans. And so sometimes where they're like, hmm, what to do? Let's just put something with Browns in the title and see what happens. Like I I, sometimes I think that that's that that's that that happens. Like, I don't think that they're trying to do like clickbait or anything. But, you know, when you're covering a single sport, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you're just grasping at straws and you're trying to create content and I, I and Browns tend to be 
easy content because there are so many storylines surrounding this team. So I think the the national media stokes those flames a little bit. I don't think they do it per- purposely or maliciously, but people tend to gravitate towards that. And I think with the uh, with the reaction of oh trade OBJ, like I think that's just you know it's just playing into it. Yeah. Listen, let's all prepare ourselves a month from now when OTAs start. <laughs> like. I- if he's not there, oh my god, Twitter will burn. <laughs> and there's a very good chance he won't be there based on the injury. And Jarvis isn't going to be there. I, I, I don't know, guys. Can we handle? Can we handle the next month? No, <laughs> no. Because here's what happened. This is what happened last year. Like some random game in I don't know, like November or something. Yeah. And these people are bringing up OT. Well, this wouldn't have happened if he would have showed up to OTAs. Okay, like, yeah, so it would have. So I can say this as someone who has been to OTAs. They're so boring. Like nothing happens. It's it's a bunch of guys running around in shorts. Like I understand the purpose of it and the reason for it, but if it was something that was so vital to the success of a team, it wouldn't be optional. Right. So, right. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure we would all love for everyone to be there, right? Sure. But like, why does the NFL have to make it so gray then to call it voluntary? Like, <laughs> right? That can was they the make a statement, year. like, yes. to the fans to say, make a rule and like stick to it? Say, Don't hey, panic. You, these are mandatory because last year it was like, well, they're not mandatory, but you should probably go. And it's like, <laughs> just say because fans aren't smart enough to like do this on their own. They they need you to connect mm-hmm. the dots for them. So it. You just have to say if it's mandatory, you have to show up or it's not mandatory and you can't hold it against them for not showing up like period. Yeah, I think it's in the current CBA is one of the reasons why it's not mandatory. So it's not like Kevin Stefanski and Andrew Barry can come out and say you absolutely have to be there because I think that violates the CBA. Um, So if they wanted it to be absolutely mandatory, that should be, you know, in the current CBA talks for 2021. But I mean, it. Like I said, if if being at OTAs was absolutely vital, I think that owners and general managers would fight a lot harder to make them mandatory. So, yeah, it's just and it's not even like just, you know, like last year, Odell wasn't there, which whatever. I don't really care. But then people go fishing into, like, I think, you know, some reporters did this. Fans definitely did this, where they're like, well, he can't show up to OTAs, but he can record himself dancing in the bathroom. Right. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) This is is silly season. This is what it turns into. As someone who frequently records myself dancing in the bathroom, I'm triggered. (laughs) (laughs) Meredith is shook. Yeah, I don't want to have to sit there and hear... Kevin Stefanski having to answer questions about Odell and is he concerned about the offense that he's putting in and Odell not being there. And like, that's all it was last year was Freddie Kitchens answering questions about Odell Beckham not being there. Like it's so, it doesn't solve anything. Imagine being Kevin Stefanski walking into this. Like, I wonder how he feels about the reporting and the media coverage. And I wonder how he's going to feel once it starts to really like vamp up here, you know, with, with OTAs and then you have, um, you know, practice and then preseason, things are going to get, things are going to hit them real fast. Cause I think sometimes people are like, Oh, Cleveland is probably, you know, sort of Midwestern town, probably a lot like Minnesota. I don't think it is because <laughs> the fans and, and the media or everyone's always sort of at each other. And now you have Odell and you have all these big personalities and there's a lot to manage. And I think a lot's going to hit them. And 
But I have faith that he'll be fine. It's just going to be a lot to digest at first, I think. Yeah. So I think, so I think Kevin Stefanski is a lot smarter than Freddie Kitchens. And that's not just because he went to an Ivy League and Freddie Kitchens went to Alabama. I just, I think that he has a better understanding of mm-hmm. what he's coming into than what Freddie Kitchens did. And on top of that, and this is something that I've heard from now two former Minnesota Vikings players um, in that Stefanski is a very even keel yes. personality mm-hmm. and that it he never gets too hot and he never gets too cold. So it doesn't matter what the situation is. He's always going to approach things in the same consistent, steady manner. And that's mm-hmm. one of the things that had me encouraged the fact that I've I've talked to two former Vikings and they both independently of each other said this exact same thing. So I think that that's exactly how you need to approach, you know, the big personalities, the Odell Beckham Jr., you know, even Baker Mayfield is a big personality himself. And so I think having someone who is aware of what he's coming into and someone who has the ability to to take things like one step at a time and to be consistent and not get too too hot or cold one way or the other the fact that Kevin Stefanski has that ability and people have said he's had that ability makes me feel a lot better about him and also you know if Odell Beckham Jr. is not at OTAs like I have a feeling that he'll be able to much better handle all of those questions coming at him than Freddie Kitchens was yeah absolutely yes all right, well, we're going to wrap up the Browns chat and move on to the Indians for the final minutes of the show. So, <laughs> you guys, we are quickly approaching opening day um, over the next few weeks because we're in March, which is crazy. It's already here. March 26th? Yeah, it? March 26th. I believe that's a Thursday, mid-afternoon mm-hmm. game. And um, surprisingly, the tickets have not sold out yet. And historically, this is something that tickets sell out within minutes and or hours so feels like there's a bit of a problem here and people are talking about what exactly is that problem so Brittany I know I know that this is near and dear to your heart so this is actually the whole I'm reason gonna, I even showed up for this podcast I'm gonna <laughs> let you have your moment so take it <laughs> okay so as we were talking earlier about you know men sort of explaining my woman experience you know because I don't understand it Indians fans sort of do the same thing because yesterday I tweeted and I said, um, you know, it was first I tweeted said that it was just wild that the Indians hadn't sold out opening day yet because opening day like it, it's like a holiday. Um, I used to be a big Indians fan, so I used to go to every opening day all through, you know, high school and college. It was probably my favorite day of the year, and you know, <laughs> I haven't gone now for probably. Uh, maybe eight years at least you're not a real fan i know seven or eight years but <laughs> let me explain why guys <laughs> because when i said this i was like you know it's because the indians do such a terrible job at pr and fan services like with the dolans they point fingers at the fans for things that have gone wrong you know they only specifically point out fans who spend a lot of money um you know dolan says things like enjoy him like all of these blunders that they pull and you're just like you are isolating the fans you're making them not want to come out they've made me not want to come out so i'm telling these people as a you know former diehard fan 
why I've lost interest in the team. Now, I'm talking about my experience, and I'm like a normal human being. I'm sure there's a lot of people like me who used to, and this is why opening day hasn't been sold out yet. So I said that. I was like, you know, if I had to guess why it's not sold out, it's because this is years in the making. You know, the Dolans have struggled to embrace the fans, and the the Indians as a whole, whether it be like social media or, you know, I've seen things that they've done to season ticket holders, just things that you wouldn't even believe. And you're just like, okay, you're pushing fans away. You're pointing fingers at consumers. This is all bad business practice, period. So I said that and they come back with, it's the weather. I said, it's always cold. It's always cold. I remember sitting there in snow opening day. People were making snow angels in the outfield and snowmen on the dugouts. It was cold then. It's cold. It's Cleveland, Ohio in March, in April. This is like standard practice, guys. But no, this year specifically, that's why it hasn't sold out because it's going to be cold, which we don't even know that. The forecast right now is like 58. So, yeah, it's not like it's not that awful outside. I mean, there was like a random, really quick, heavy storm that came through earlier today. But I went out this afternoon in uh, in just a, a regular jacket. I wasn't even wearing my winter coat. And I think I saw one of the weathermen in town tweet a stat that said that I think it was like in the last 20 it was some time span and within that time span there have been more warm sunny days on March 26th than there have been snowy days so Mm -hmm. he was pretty much saying that you know yes we it in Cleveland Ohio there is the potential that you're going to get like a freak snowstorm on you know April 12th or something like that. Like that kind of thing can happen up here. But as you get closer and closer to April, which March 26 is pretty darn close to April, it's less and less likely and you're going to get, you know, slightly warmer and warmer weather. But also if you think about it, what's one of the every baseball team's goal is to make it to October. You know what mm-hmm. Cleveland in October is? It's cold. Right. But no, um, I want to read this series of tweets from our friend, friend of the show, Brown's Babe. She's amazing. Go follow oh, her. Oh, love these tweets. Yes. Love so her. this is this is exactly the point that I've been trying to make. She said, there's a story in here about how the only Cleveland team that truly needs fan engagement for attendance and TV ratings to be able to retain and pay its players is the one team in Cleveland that's totally inept at that part of running a team. Meanwhile, they are ironically the only Cleveland team good at selecting and developing players, but because they can't figure out the fan piece it ends up not mattering because they can't pay to keep them meanwhile the browns and even the Cavs manage to sell mediocre to bad product very successfully almost every year and she is 100 yeah right she nailed it this is yeah. the problem this is why they're not selling out i'm telling you it has nothing to do with oh it's going to be cold also the ticket prices i looked at them they're very high. Yeah, I noticed that too. And like, yeah, well, I especially I, I saw like the cheap, like I want to say this may have been a week or two ago. I think like the cheapest opening day ticket was like $50. And yeah, so that's going to be it, it's 60s and then nosebleeds. Yeah, like, yeah. It's not going to be good. Like if you want like baseline tickets or lower deck tickets, they were like in the hundreds of dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I will also say there's a thing called the coronavirus going around <laughs> i think people <laughs> are so true. truly being a little bit more stingy when it comes to spending so like i wouldn't be surprised if that's like a little part of it um people over the weekend were like stocking up on groceries like they were gonna have to be quarantined in their house for months <laughs> like i was shocked 
And maybe that's just a Northeast Ohio thing that's <laughs> happening right now. But I mean, I will say that like the spend, the spend, I think people are concerned with, and it is quite shocking the fact that the ticket prices would be that much higher knowing that you can go to a game literally two days later like what are you doing right especially if you can't sell them with the ticket prices like i could see that to an extent but like i would drop you know 60 dollars no problem on a browns game you know what i mean like that i wouldn't even think twice about it um and and i I made that point too where i was like i will stand in the cold for the browns i will drop money on the brown like that i wouldn't even hesitate they're like well you know they only have eight home games and the, the indians have 81 you can't compare them but you can for an opening day because this isn't just a regular game this is like an event this is a citywide thing i remember it was always sold out in minutes hours whatever like this should sell out very quickly as browns do and you know I don't know. I guess my question would be for those that made opening day a thing and and their own holiday. Because, like, for me, it was never really my thing. Like, I I don't want to take off a random day during the week from work. Like, I I can't physically do that. But for the people that did make it a thing, why are those people not opting in? It's like, what is it? And to your point, like, it's not weather. So what else? what else is it that's causing them not to carry on this tradition because that's what it is a tradition so that has yeah. to be something impactful to make them change well i think also if you look at attendance i know that the major league baseball as a whole attendance has declined over the years and i understand that so it's not just the cleveland indians problem it's a major league baseball problem and we've talked about that before about how major league baseball does a piss poor job at marketing and selling their brand and everything they, they just fail on almost every aspect of it but you know with the indians I th- there's been so much bad blood between ownership and fans and you know I've mentioned how poorly season ticket holders have been treated I know a lot of people who have not renewed their season tickets um, and it's not necessarily because they don't still love the Indians I think TV ratings are up or you know they're steady so people are still watching they're just not going and it, it's because I believe of this this not hatred that's a strong word but this contention between you know his comments and the treatment and everything of the fans and i've said when people compare oh well you know the browns are historically bad and they're crappy every year and people still go to them yeah because the haslam's as terrible as they may be they've never blamed the fans for any of it like that's the difference dan gilbert as dysfunctional as he may be he's never blamed the fans for any of it the dolans do and that you can't blame your consumers for your problems you can't it's just terrible business yeah well, a lot of what i've heard or you know one of the discussions that i see happening a lot on twitter is people getting mad that they have the money and they're not willing to spend it and then especially that that conversation got even stronger earlier today because the Brewers gave Christian Yelich $200 million. And and Yelich mm-hmm. is the Brewers version of Frankie Lindor. Like he is a generational talent. He is a great personality. He's beloved by the city and they dished out big bucks for him. And even Frankie Lindor said at uh, training camp a week or two ago, he said the money is there and it's up to them whether they're willing to spend it. Or something to that effect. But I remember the direct quote was, the money is there. And like Mm -hmm. Francisco Lindor knows that money is there. He does not want to leave Cleveland. Like he would love to stay here. And you can tell 
you know, especially last year during the All-Star game where they mic'd up the players and he kept talking to the announcers in the booth and he kept referring to Cleveland as my city, my city. Oh, go to Lola or go here, like go to, Mm -hmm. you know, here the places that I love in the city. Like you could tell that that was genuine coming from him. So I think that's another thing that has sort of really angered the Indians fans is that they're looking at a a team like the Brewers in a market that's half the size of Cleveland. I don't know if it's exactly half the size, but it's a much smaller market than Cleveland is. And they don't like that whole small market excuse when it comes to not wanting to pay massive amounts of dollars for for their star player. Um, mm-hmm. And it also doesn't help that that the Washington Nationals can be a um, I guess an example of not paying your star player and then still winning the World Series yeah. anyway. Like they let Bryce Harper walk, but I, I think that that's I think that's the exception and not the rule because not only was Bryce I just don't think that Bryce Harper ever really I don't think he ever really meshed with that team. You never really got I mean, and this is just me speaking as a Washington Nationals fan. I never really got that genuine I love DC DC is my home type attitude from Bryce Harper that I got that I feel from Frankie Lindor when he talks about Cleveland so I I think that I hate when people use the Washington Nationals as an example of oh they let Bryce Harper well I mean they did offer him I think I saw that they offered him like 300 million or something like that or something close to what the Phillies offered but Bryce Harper was convinced that there wouldn't be a championship in in DC. So he walked and, and they won without him. So I, I hate that, that they use that as an example because I think it's the exception, not the rule. Yeah. And I think the whole thing brings up, though, the subject of the civil war amongst the fans, too, because then it, it it's all about Indians fans that are blind supporters of the Indians, not understanding quite why a fan base would pay and go to and cheer for a mediocre Browns team. Um, but again, like it does kind of go back to there are legit superstars on the Browns team. So this past year, like regardless on how bad the season went, you still had OBJ, you had Baker Mayfield, you had stars that people wanted to come out and see perform. And I think with the Indians, it's hard to make that investment in a player that is a superstar in Frankie Lindor when you know that there's a very good possibility that he won't be there in the future. And and it's tough to like invest your time and your effort. And I know me raising kids, like having them fall in love with a player that won't be there. Like, it's really tough to explain those types of things. And it's also like it makes me mad because there's no reason as to why we shouldn't have him on the team. They just won't. No, I I have nothing more to contribute to this conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's it's maddening. And I wouldn't be mad if they didn't sell out opening day. I wouldn't send him a message. No, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Send them, keep those, t- don't go. If you don't like what they've been doing, if you don't, don't go. Just sit it out go watch it at a bar. Keep watching on TV. You know, it doesn't mean you don't love the team if you don't go to, to the stadium. It's fine. Now, I, I think the only problem with that is because w- one of the arguments that the Dolans have used is um, 
we're not making money like we're in the red or whatever and if you don't sell out opening day if you don't sell tickets and that gives that lets them say see we're not making any money you're not coming out to the games which okay but there's one thing that i can't stand it's billionaires saying they're not making yeah money. and that's and that was actually <laughs> like, no. where i was and that's where i was going with that because it's like i don't you know don't cry for the billionaires and right. on top of that and i've heard this point made by other people and i completely agree with it this is i mean i wish i could say this was an original thought of my own but it's not it's um you know you don't buy a sports team to make money like and i and i've seen it sort of compared to say fantasy football where you buy into a fantasy football league and yes your goal is to win and you want to win and if you win your fantasy football league you're probably winning the money that goes along with it but you're not always going to win you're buying into this league because it's something that you love and it's something that you enjoy doing and i almost feel like that's kind of the same thing when it comes to owning an actual sports franchise is that you're not really in it to make money like in order to be good and in order to win championships you have to spend money like you can't just say oh i'm going to cut every corner possible um, I'm not going to pay these superstar players, but maybe let's pay these mid-tier players. And you can't, you just, you can't win championships if you're not willing to spend the money for it. And so that's the point that, you know, my friends, colleagues, other people have made in that don't buy it. Don't buy a team if your goal is to make money. You buy a team because you because you're passionate about that team and you're passionate about the city that you buy the team in and, and everything else that goes along with it. So sure. yeah, that's, I mean, and that's just something that I want to reiterate because I agree with it. And, you know, for me, it's, you know, I get sad when I see baseball kind of, you know, being the the butt of everyone's jokes. And when you see opening day, not selling out like that makes as me, me as a baseball fan, that makes me sad because I want the sport to grow and I want the sport to get bigger. Like I have a 14 year old cousin who plays baseball and he's been playing baseball since he was a little kid and he absolutely loves the Washington Nationals and he's been watching them since he's been aware of what sports are. And like, that's the ways that you grow the sport. And I want to see you know, more kids like my little cousin getting into the sport and wanting to play and wanting to watch. But at this point, that's just not happening. Yeah. Well, there you have it, folks. We gave you a little bit of everything tonight. We're going to leave out some Cavs chat. We had some in here, but we went an hour. We had some good, really good conversation. And I'm sure there'll be even more topics to discuss next week. The Dales will probably be under attack again for something else, um, unbeknownst to us at this point in time. And we can get into Cavs next week as well. So, guys, it's been a lovely show. Can't wait to do it again next week. Make sure you find us on your podcasting platform, Apple, iTunes, Stitcher, or Spotify. Make sure you rate and review us. Again, we love interacting with you on Twitter, so be sure to shoot us a note tomorrow. We love when you guys send us your bullet point notes. Um, those are always a kick to read. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> your, your long list on your iPhone notes. You know who you are. Yes. Shout out we to love Nick. Them. We love that. And can't wait to uh, hear your biggest takeaways. Talk to you guys next week.